Okay, so I'm joined by someone who is a life coach, which we will explain to you in the midst of this conversation. And in this conversation, we're going to talk about your mental health as it translates to your physical health, because it's all connected. A lot of people don't think it's connected, but it's very much connected. And, and really, I think your mental health is more important than your physical health in a lot of uh, aspects. But please introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Aaron Nobles. I am a personal development coach. I knew Mel for over 10 years. Uh, but yeah, I'm a personal development coach. I have uh, programs up online. Uh, I have a breathwork course up online. And I am, again, a personal development coach. And thank you for correcting me. <laughs> because I said life coach, but a lot of people that are coaching now don't want to use that terminology. I still use the temp terminology. Yeah, I mean, it's all the same. It, it all depends on how people want to be addressed. Like uh, sometimes, well, I talked to somebody who is a, a life coach, but she likes to be addressed as a mentor. So, you know, she has mentorship programs as well as life coaching programs, but she prefers to be called a mentor because a uh, mentor is like a lifelong person to help somebody along. So, I mean, it's all about how people want to be addressed. Yeah, sooner or later, it's going to be somebody that wants to be called a role model. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's parents how they're going to be addressed. And it might be, and it might be the best person for whatever needs you uh, have. I actually like personal development coaches. I'll use that terminology since I'm talking to you. I actually like personal development coaches because they're um, a rung on the ladder before you talk to a psychologist or a psychologist. And it's like, in our society, a lot of times people want to fix problems by prescribing medicine, you know, or typifying that you're this, you're that. And I think you have this going on, but sometimes you just need somebody to talk to, not to tell you what to do, but to listen and you come to that conclusion. So, how would you describe what you do? Let's start uh, there. Yeah, basically what you said. So I'm not, I mean, if you look at the, the terminology coach, you know, a coach gives you the tools that you need in a game. A coach gives you the tools that you need in a fight. Um, so me coaching you, personal development coach, I give you the tools that you need in life to progress, to be the, birth, the best version of you that you want to be. Uh, the, and I, I use the term, uh, I like personal development coach because it's, it's broad. It's so many different aspects of life um, that, that encompasses. Uh, and I'm just able and willing to help people along in any avenue of their life, uh, developing as a person, as an individual. So I listen to what they need and I just give them the tools that they can use throughout their day, throughout their week, throughout their month throughout their lifetime in order to build themselves up and be the best version of themselves. Do you find that some people want to be told what to do instead of coming to the conclusion themselves from listening to you and you say you give them tools, I think you help them to like look at things from a different perspective, but have you found that some people, because in our society right now, people like to be told 
they don't like to be told what to do, but in the instance, they do like to be told what to do because they don't want to go into self-discovery. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a lot of people's downfall because they want to be told exactly what to do, how to do it, uh, when to do it. And everybody is different. Everybody's life situations are different. Um, so me telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, isn't necessarily going to yield the results for you that it may have yielded for me or for a previous uh, person that I have dealt with. So me telling somebody what to do, I try to avoid that. Um, that's why I prefer to give you the tools and help you. I let you discover what your issues are and what your blockages are. And then we together talk about tools that may help you overcome those things. Um, but a lot of people are just like, you know, I, I can't get my day started. Tell me what to do. And it's like, I could tell you what to do, but are you going to actually do it? Because that's the issue. People actually know what to do. They know how to do it, when to do it. It's just, they don't actually do it. They have that blockage right there. But, you know, I do encounter some people that want you to tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And then you do that. And then you come back the following week or the next month and they still haven't done it because that's the whole issue that they're not uh, being proactive in their life. Not that they don't know what to do, how to do it or when to do it. Well, I think a lot of people just from me looking from the outside and a lot of people don't realize that the best discoveries are those discoveries you make on yourself by yourself and when you make these discoveries and you make these come to these conclusions then you're more inclined to actually do stuff to improve the quality of your life as opposed to if you don't if somebody just tells you what to do okay let me write down what they say and maybe i'll do it maybe i won't do it you know as opposed to like you're finding the best thing for you and i think in our society a lot of times everybody relies on other people's experiences a little bit too much as opposed to like finding out themselves. Um, it even translates to health. From my perspective, the doctors will tell you one thing. And let me make this clear. I'm not disagreeing with what the doctors tell you. Okay, because the doctors are making informed decisions or knowledge that they have. But we all know that each person is different. You know, it's not the same. Everything doesn't respond the same way for everybody. So when the doctors say you need to do this and you need to do that, yes, you can do it and you should. But yes, there's another component where you should say to yourself, I need to do this, I need to try that. For me, when the doctors say, oh, we're gonna give you this treatment, I'll research and say, okay, this is how they treat my particular form of cancer someplace else in the world. So I will still get the treatment that's recommended, but I'll still try the drinks, the food, you know, um, but that's because it's a self-discovery thing. So when I discover it, I'll try it and see how it works for me, as opposed to if the doctor said, well, maybe you should get some um, tree bark from Brazil. I might be like, uh, nah, because it's, it's, it's a task. They're telling you to do it. And when it becomes a task, that's when people don't do it. Have you found out 
have you found that when people listen to certain advice from other people and it's told to be a task that they don't do it because it becomes complicated? Yeah, so that's one thing that I kind of shy away from is like, you know, a lot of coaches are like, uh, and it's not a bad thing. It's not knocking any other coaches, but like a lot of coaches are like, all right, well, I'm going to give you homework. And then by the time we meet back up, you had this assignment done. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm I'm paying you or I'm getting advice from you. And now you're giving me homework. And now I got to alter my life in order to fit this homework and to have it done by the next time we meet. Whereas, like you said, um, self-discovery, when you come to that conclusion yourself, and it's like, all right, well, you feel like that you need to work on this. So um, what should, what does that look like throughout your week? And then you tell me what it's going to look like. And then, so you're giving yourself that assignment as opposed to me telling you what you need to do. And you tell me what you feel like you need to do. And all I'm doing is holding you accountable for the things that you feel like that you need to do. Because a lot of people want again want to be told what to do but then it's like tell me what to do and then do it for me you know so it's like I'm telling you what to do but are you going to do it unless you came up with it on your own like you said self-discovery uh me telling you Mel you need to get some tree bark uh because it's going to help you along with the other treatments that they're giving you and you're like man now I got to find out where to get this tree bark from. I got to order it. Then I got to get it mailed to my house as opposed to you looking it up and then you presenting it to the doctor. Like, oh, you know, I found out that tree bark has helped also with my cancer. How do you feel about that? And having a conversation with your doctor. It's the same way we're having a conversation with your personal development coach. We came to the conclusion that you're lazy and that you need to get up a half hour earlier to get your day started. You came up with that conclusion. I agree with you. And these are the things that can you can set in place in order to get up a half hour early. Now, are you going to do that or not? Because that, that was your decision. That was something that you came up with, not me, because it may work for me. You get up a half hour early, you'll be able to get X, Y, and Z done throughout your day. And then now you're looking at me like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to get up a half hour early. I like watching Seinfeld till one o'clock in the morning. And then... uh you know, I get up a half hour later. So yeah, I, I found that a lot of people don't respond well to homework assignments. Okay, so I'm going, I'm going to uh, rattle the cage a little bit. What clever words or phrases do you use as opposed to telling somebody they just lazy? Because sometimes you can, you can just hear from what they're saying. They're just lazy. So how would you, how would you say that to a person without actually telling them they just lazy or would you just blatantly say they lazy it it depends on the person it depends on the relationship that you guys have but i will say i prefer to let the person talk and come to that conclusion on their own because when you let somebody talk enough then they start to have uh aha moments they start to have enlightenment moments where they things go off in their head like, oh, yeah. All right. Well, I am I am lazy because I could have did this, but I decided to, do, to stay in the bed. I am lazy because I could have went to the gym, but I decided to go to the buffet or I decided to, to chill in the house. So like, again, people know these things already. 
So you don't have to, uh, you don't have to tell them that you could just sit there, pose a question, let them talk it through out loud to you. And then they'll come up with conclusions on their own. And then once they come up with that conclusion, that's when we start to really put in the work to find out how we can overcome this blockage. Okay, so let's talk to a different kind of standard, not lazy, but just dumb luck. You're talking to somebody, they have a debilitating condition. They weren't about the next day being shorter than the days previous, you know, they think they, when people tell you you sick or whatever, you have this, people tend to put an expiration date next to it in their own mind, even if the doctors don't. What do you tell a person that says, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be here, but I don't feel like I should be doing too much. You know, they're lazy after they found out that they may have a bad set of cards. Right. So if you feel like that the end of days is near for you, things are about to come to an end, you have to, I would just advise them to live their days to the fullest. Because if you feel like that, you're not going to have to the, you're going to have to the end of the month or the end of the year, what impact do you want to have on your life as well as the people around you within that time span that you have? And that, that is a question that you can pose to anybody who doesn't have a, a condition like that. But for especially people with those conditions, if you feel like your time is running out, what impact do you want to leave? What impression, what, what image do you want to leave everybody with of you, who you were, what you're about, you know, what, who do you want to impact and how will you go about doing that? And, you know, it's, it's a big thing for people with debilitating conditions worrying about the end. And I kind of stress it on this show, like, you have to live now. You know, I bring in real world topics because real world topics is what you got to deal with now. It doesn't matter how sick you are. COVID right now is a real world topic. Um, politics are real world topics. Wars are real world talk, uh, topics. Uh, Medicaid and Medicare, what's going on with them are real world topics. You are dealing with negative things, things that you have to try to overcome, but you're still a part of this world. And I say this all the time and I use that phrase. Be a part of this world, live in this world. Don't be on your way to rush out. And I find talking to other cancer survivors, because I do talk to other cancer survivors, some of them have a defeatist attitude from the beginning. They'll look at me and say, oh, you still working your job. Oh, you still go to the gym. I'll say, oh, I'm overweight now. I allowed myself to be overweight. Oh, no, you were sick. That's how you got overweight. No. I was sick, yes. Do I have things to overcome? Yes. Did I, did the sickness contribute to me being overweight? Maybe, maybe a few pounds, but I got to take accountability for that burger I was eating, those cheesesteaks I was eating, those pizzas I was eating, those days where I had four, five, six meals, those snacks, those pies. And accountability and your place in the world is two of the major things 
that have to do with people with major disabilities and it's connected to their mental health. How do you tell someone that these things are connected to your mental health without saying it's a mental thing? Because when people hear mental health a lot of times, they automatically get a bad, um, what's the word, connotation of it. Oh, you're, you're, you're mental, so you must need to go talk to a doctor. So how do you tell them that, hey, you're dealing with things. We all deal with things in the space of our heads. Uh, fears, shortcomings, bad memories. And they, they do alter our decision, but it doesn't mean that it's a major thing, you know? So how do you tell bad experiences? Because we are all the sums of our experiences. How do you tell somebody like, don't get hung up on the mental portion how would you how would you tell somebody actually let me rephrase the question how would you tell somebody that they may need to talk to somebody without giving them a a, a, a view that they need to talk to a psychiatrist or a counselor well i mean if i'm if i'm talking to them then they are talking to somebody uh because i'm all about helping people with um mental health issues so just letting them know if this isn't somebody that I'm dealing with, if it's just a friend, uh, mental health is not mental disabilities. It's not like you're um, incapable of understanding things. It's not like you have a learning disability. When people say mental health, or at least when I say mental health, I talk about stress, anxiety, depression, sadness, things like that. Not mental health when it comes to, you know, again, learning disabilities. So, but mental health is very important because if you're not stable mentally, then it can start to break your body down physically. Um, A lot of people these days are stressed out. A lot of people these days have anxiety. Before, you know, you could be in the supermarket and somebody cough and sneeze and you cool, you walk past them, it's whatever. Now somebody yawn and you, you pull your mask up and it's all crazy. Like you got to step away from me. You got to get away from me, even though it's still flu season right now. Nobody worried about the flu. Everybody's worried about the newest thing, but that causes a lot of stress and anxiety um, to the point that we don't even necessarily want to be around family members. Uh, and again, when you hold in stress and anxiety or fears or depression, and you do not know how to deal with it and move it through your mentality, your mental, um, and express it in a healthy way. It just manifests in your body in so many different ways. And cancer being one of those ways um, that holding on to things can mess up your cells, can mess up a lot of things that go on in your body to start to generate sicknesses and illnesses. So, and hold that thought for one second. Okay, so we back again. So you're saying that you can actually make yourself sick from being stressed out. And this is a fact. Heart conditions, diabetes, uh, cholesterol, all those things we know for sure. Without sitting down there having 100 studies, we know stress impacts all those things. So 
why can't stress impact other things that we don't know yet? Because we don't know everything. We find out things over time. So you're saying in your experience though, a lot of times when people have stress and other um, mental, mental aspects, what, what was the word you just said? Mental blockages. My, mental blockages, that's a good word. Mental blockages that it will impact your body in numerous ways. Yeah, so, I mean, if you, if you look at it, even from, uh, so from a male perspective, uh, if you're very stressed out, if you have a lot of anxiety, you can't perform sexually. When women have high stress, high anxiety, depression, their sex drive goes down. So if those things are possible and you're through stress, your blood pressure goes up um, and through high blood pressure, you can have strokes, you can have brain aneurysms, you can have all types of, of things. So if you're not even dealing with stress, if you're not even dealing with anxiety, if you're not dealing with depression, that all happens up in your mind, how it, you, it shows that it affects your, your whole body because your mind obviously is controlling your body. It controls the way you walk, it controls the way you talk, controls the way you see things. Your brain does all of that and it's all connected. So how come if your brain is going through uh, trauma on a daily basis, why don't you think that that would affect the, the rest of the system that it controls? And that's a good point. And it's an even better point when you say it on a daily basis, because a lot of people that deal with these mental blockages are dealing with a, on a daily basis. And a lot of times, how can we say it? Um, people, Matt, I can't even say it like that, but people wait for long periods of time before they try to deal with a problem. Like they try to gut it out. They try to, okay, I'll feel better in a little while. And sometimes a little while goes from days to weeks to months, in some cases years, you know, and they don't address the problem. And then when they feel like they have to address the problem, they feel like it's like the last straw, but it's really the first step. And of course, I'm not a personal development coach, but the first step is just to admit that you have to address something. And that's a good step to start at. So for those people that are listening and they're saying to themselves, I had this problem for years and you know, I might as well just, I'm just gonna live with it. That's the wrong attitude to have, you know? It doesn't matter if you have health things going on with it. The mental side of it, that's the wrong point of view to have. Just because you've been living with something doesn't mean you have to continue to live with something. You're diabetic and your diabetes is bad. You change your diet. They come up with new medicine. You're not living with diabetes anymore. How is that more acceptable from the physical aspect, but you're just going to let the mental aspect go? So I will re recommend that people going forward, think about your mental health. It's really important in a lot of um, things. It's a driving factor in your physical health. And it's a driving factor in how you respond to problems. Have you seen that people that have uh, more things, mental blockages that they have to work to, through, respond to adversity 
not as well, so to speak. Yeah, so one thing that, because I don't get a lot of men that want to, that want help from a personal development coach, um, but one issue that a lot of men have is anger and not knowing how to deal with certain situations. Everything makes them agitated. Everything makes them irritable. Um, and they're the only feeling, thought, and emotion that they know how to express is anger. Um, and it's apparent with a lot of the things that go on, uh, especially up in Philadelphia, unfortunately. Um, but if you don't deal with even the smallest things, like I, like we talked about a little while ago, it builds up each and every day. So if it's something that's stressing you out, like a bill that you didn't pay, that's compiled each and every day. And you're just building up stress on that one thing. You're building up anxiety that you got bills coming at that you're not going to be able to pay. And most men don't have anybody to talk to. Most men don't have that companionship with their spouse or even with their brothers that they can sit down and have an honest conversation with them because, you know, a man to man conversation most men like, man, get out of here. Like, I'm not trying to talk to you about that. Like, let's talk about sports. Let's talk about women. Let's talk about uh, making money. But like to sit down and talk about your, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, like, man, I'm stressed out. Like, I, I'm backed up. I'm not getting paid enough. I need to know what to do with this situation with my kids. Like, a lot of men don't have these conversations. But the only way that we can express how we feel is through anger. And then that's when people want to start listening when men get out of control and then they try to sit down and tell their half of it. But by that time, it's a little too late because you done went off the rails and did something crazy. Not crazy, yeah. like killing people, but like just crazy, like even yelling at somebody or cursing somebody out. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't have to get to that point. So I do agree with you. A lot of men don't talk about things. I'm going to say that it's better than it was. For my generation, it was like, you're a man, you're supposed to do this. And I actually wrestled with this question myself a lot of times, or this scenario, and I'm going to pose it to you. A lot of times, if you ask a woman, what is a good man? And you take out the financial portion of it. If you ask 10 women, you're going to get 10 different answers. Every answer is going to vary in some way. And the part that I wrestle with is, if you ask a man what's a good man, he's going to start off with the financial too. He's not going to sit down there and say, how would he be good? He's not even going to ask the most important question. A good man in what way? In what situation? You talking husband? You talking provider? You talking father? You talking brother, grandfather? You know what I mean? So you're right. A lot of times when you see men and they let their emotions out, it's anger because it was always considered bad if you were emotional and you were a man. You know, we're not even going to get to the negative sexual connotations and stuff like that, but it was always like, yo, for lack of a better word, this guy's a pussy. You know what I mean? He looked like he's ready to cry because he's talking about this situation instead of doing something about you are a man. Okay, but what's a man? So I think that it's getting a little bit better, but in a, in, a, in a way, it was bad to start with. And I think we're just realizing how bad it was. 
And I think it would be the same way for a woman. What's a good woman? We know what we would like. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you brought it up in this conversation where you said, if you can't talk to your spouse, I think that's the biggest thing. If you can communicate and it's not these views, and that's the crazy thing. People have views on what a man or a woman should be, but they don't know what their views are. They right. just tell you, this is what they should be. So if you have a good conversation and you're willing to accept, like, this is how I feel, then you should be all right. But you're not going to have that conversation unless you figure it out within yourself, which is where you or someone like you would come in. Hey, let's, let's talk about how you feel. And what do you think that'll lead to? What do you think that came from? What do you, I don't know if you ask these questions, I'm just throwing them out there. You know, um, what caused that? What were you thinking at that moment? A lot of people don't do that. And I think um, partly our world is so fast. People go from happy to sad in like 0.2 seconds. As fast as that, that electrical impulse comes down their brain to their finger, that's when they change their mind, this and that. And they don't really address the situation. So I think you're right when you said when they come to their conclusion, it makes it so much better. So you don't have to hold their hand. It's like, uh, I think you use the terminology, uh, ah, moment, like, ah, I got it. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, and especially with men, you're right. We don't show emotions at all. And we have them. But we don't show them and they come out as anger. What would you say to somebody that was angry all the time? Uh, like you had to find out, you had to really dig deep to find out why exactly you're angry all the time, because it's not the first thing that comes to your mind. It's never really the first thing that comes to your mind. If I'm like, you know, talking to somebody and I ask them, uh, you know, how was your week? And they're like, oh, I was angry. I did this, I did that. And I asked them, well, why was you angry? And they're like, well, you know, my manager scheduled me for a time that I had off and, and then I had to work. So is that really why you're so angry? Because you shouldn't be angry. You shouldn't be that angry over that one situation. Now you can be, but you shouldn't be. So what else is there that that compounded on top of that to make you that angry? And then they may, you know, we'll sit there for a while. Because if you say nothing, and I, you know, my question would be, are you sure? Like, it's absolutely nothing else that got you, you know, a little frustrated, that got you sad, that got you, you know, stressed out. And by, oh, well, you know, my kid's not doing too well. I'm not working out well with my baby mom. Oh, um, so what's happening there? Then they'll go through that. And then anything else? Nah. And then you sit there for a while. If you sit there long enough with anybody, they'll come up and it's not faking things, but they'll start to think about things that really is going on in their life. And it's like, well, yeah, like this happened, but I kind of blew that off. Yeah, you blew it off. That means you put it in your subconscious. You didn't deal with it. If we had an argument, if, if Mel, me and you had an argument, a disagreement, and we got off of this call and I didn't deal with it, that's still in the back of my subconscious. Like, yo, like I knew Mel for so long. We argued about something stupid and I, I don't actually deal with it. I'm still holding on to that. And right. then something else may happen. I may stub my toe. That's something else. I can't do nothing to the bed. So now I'm mad about that because my toe is hurting. 
but I'm really mad because me and Mel had an argument and we shouldn't have had an argument. We should have cleared the air before we got off of the call, but we didn't. And now, you know, my wife cooked. I don't like the food. She put too much damn salt in it. And then I explode and yell at her. And, and now she like, what? It's just a little bit too much salt. Like I could have cooked you something else. Like, no, nah, it's too late. I don't even want to eat now. But the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing stemmed from, you know, me having a disagreement with you and us not clearing the air. And then things compounded on top of that. But the last thing I recall is I got some salty food, which by the way, none of my food is ever salty. Just making an example. But I had some salty food and that made me so angry that I didn't even want to eat the rest of the night. Because that's the last thing that I recall. But if I sit down and really think about what the issues are, just like some men can sit down and really think about what their issues are, why they're so angry, it probably even go back to something that happened in their childhood that they weren't able to work through at that point in time. And I guess, I guess if you can't find something in the immediate time frame, you will start going back to their childhood when you're talking to them because that could be hazardous too. They could have been angry for years and just didn't understand why they were angry for years. Everything was just like, instead of you lighting a match, you lit a forest fire for the smallest thing. So that could be more of a problem. Do you have, have you ever encountered a situation where you just didn't think that you would be the right person to help someone? Yeah, I came across probably two people. Um, Cause one thing that I do uh, implement is like a free coaching call. So I allow up to two hours of, you know, online uh, Zoom calls. Uh, we could break that up however you want, but I do, you know, sit down and just talk to the person. They get used to my coaching style. I get a little bit of their background, but just like anything, you could tell who wants it and who doesn't. Um, uh, like me and you, Mel, we, we train. You know who wants to be a fighter and who's just coming to the gym to say that they go to an MMA gym or a jujitsu gym. Um, but if I don't feel like that I'm in a position to help them, if they're going through too much, then I will, you know, let them know the issues that you're having isn't in my, my wheelhouse. I'm not a relationship coach. One gentleman had a lot of issues in his relationship and I can help you build yourself up, but you want relationship advice. And I'm not, that's not who I am. But if all you want is relationship advice, I can show you to a relationship coach, but that's not what I do. I'm here to help you build yourself up, which will impact your relationship. But don't, if your relationship not working out, don't come back to me like, yo, this not working out with my woman. That's because that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help you be a better version of yourself. Uh, now, if you want your woman <laughs> to come, I can help her be a better version. Now, even with you saying that somebody that goes into um, that may come to you and have you coach them, I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to tell myself, if you fix yourself up and you fix the problems that you have within yourself, and you're in a relationship, sometimes you can outgrow that person that you're in a relationship with. I say that all the time. I think I had a um, focus on here one time and we were talking about relationships and health. And we sit down there and agreed, like it's okay to tell somebody or to ask somebody, listen, 
the relationship's not working out. It's just not going to work. But I need some help right now. And you're still here, so you're not ready to jump out right now. Can you help me and give me a time frame? And then we split. So my point in saying that is people need to understand if you fix some of the holes that you have within yourself or you improve yourself, that's a better word, then the person that you with, you may realize may not be the person that's meant for you. And that person may not be the best case scenario for you. Now, it doesn't mean that person is holding you back, but in any kind of situation, people grow. And as you grow, sometimes your views on things change, your priorities change. Um, what you deem as important changes and what you like changes too over time. So that's just my advice to anybody that gets, that takes coach training and they improve themselves and they think it's going to improve their relationship. Sometimes it's not going to work that way. But once again, I'm not a, I'm not the personal development coach. You are. <laughs> so you can tell me if what I said was right or incorrect. I mean, it's, it's correct to an extent because at the same time, allowing that person to understand that, you also have to teach them how to have healthy conversations within their relationship because you don't want to, you know, build yourself up and then turn around and be like, yo, like, I feel like that I'm in a different place right now and, like, this is not the relationship that I want to be in. But if you had this conversation before, like, oh, I'm seeing a, a life coach, a personal development coach, even if you've seen a finance coach, like I'm seeing somebody that's going to help me progress and better my life because I want to be in a better place than I am right now. And that's ultimately going to help our relationship. But do you also feel like that is areas in your life that you can work on? Now, if this person doesn't feel like that they need to work on anything, then they're at that point in time in their life, they're kind of like, you can't force anybody to be better. You have to want it for yourself. So forcing them to go to a life coach or personal development coach isn't going to be beneficial. But if they feel like that they will benefit from it, that's a healthy conversation. And it will only, now if you grow apart from there, you know, that just happens to happen in relationships. But to give that person the opportunity to better themselves at the same time that you're bettering yourself is the right way to go. Uh, When you're, especially when you're dealing uh, with relationships. Yeah, then that's only if the person wants to go. Because some people, they may not, you may tell them you're changing, but until they see it, they don't know. Yeah. And then once they see it, they may want to change too. Or they may want to change just because you're going. And that may not be the healthiest thing. But I was thinking about relationships and the aspect when I said that conversation, that whole segue. I was thinking about when you were saying like, certain men been angry their whole life and they didn't know it. So somebody has been angry their whole life and then they start to really work on themselves and develop stuff, solutions to those problems that plagued them their whole life, they are definitely going to be a different man Yeah. at the end of it. If they're willing to be accountable for things and they're willing to be to work towards it, they're definitely going to be a different person. And I think that would be when a relationship really runs into a problem because you are a whole entirely different person, not just for yourself, but for that person that you were with. Um, Okay, so 
how would people get to talk to you? What means of information can they get in touch with you? Uh, you can email me at AaronNobles84 at gmail.com. That's all one word, A-A-R-O-N-N-O-B-L-E-S 84 at gmail.com. You could just shoot me an email and we could set up a connect call. Um, or if you just want to email back and forth, you can also find me on Facebook. It's Aaron T. Nobles. And I am on Instagram as well. It is the enlightenment moment, the underscore enlightenment underscore moment. Um, or if you just want to check out some of my content, I have a YouTube channel. Just type in my name, Aaron Nobles. I have a lot of content on there. And I also have a podcast, the Enlightenment Moment podcast. You could just type that in to any podcast platform, everything except for iHeartRadio. I don't know why I'm not up on there yet, but I will eventually be. But if you have any other platforms, just type in uh, the Enlightenment Moment and my podcast will come up. But again, to get in touch with me, to set up a coaching call, it is AaronNobles84 at gmail.com. And then they will receive two hours of free coaching to start. Yes, I'm offering up to two hours of free coaching, depending on how you want to break it up. I normally do an hour session and then we set up another hour session. But if you have limited time, we could do uh, three, I mean, four 30-minute sessions, depending on how how you want to do it. I know nobody wants to sit and talk to me for two hours straight, but it did happen before. So it's possible if that's what you need to do. Well, as Aaron said, we go back over a decade and we also have another platform, Combustible Elements, when we talk about fixing society in different ways and problems as they appear in communities before they become bigger. So he's a very knowledgeable young man i would recommend that you go to him talk to a man or woman talk to him look at his perspective because perspectives are everything and his perspective is always different and he is very good at making you look within yourself because he's done that to me several times and i think i'm i'm not the i'm not the dullest knife in the draw i'm not the sharpest knife in the draw but I, I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I think I'm pretty good in the middle, but he has said several things over the years that made me think and become accountable to myself. And this was before he became a personal development coach. So some people are just geared. They're just wired to do certain things. This is definitely what he's wired to do. And for those people that are still a little bit on the fence, whether they should go to a personal development coach, a mentor, a life coach. Remember, there's a reason why it's the fastest growing industry worldwide, because people need help. People need people to really talk to. And just think about in your society now and in your surroundings, who do you really have that you can talk to? You don't have your parents. You don't have your significant other. You don't have your sisters or your brothers a lot of times. You can't say to them everything that you would say to someone like Aaron because you're wondering what they're thinking about you in that conversation. And we all need to like bear our crosses. We all need to talk to people. And in our society, talking has become less important, <laughs> to say the least. People do not communicate like they used to. 
and it's a factor. So I want to thank Aaron for joining me. Um, anybody that didn't get his information, rewind about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And you will have his information, but I will let him give you his email once again. All right. My email is Aaron Nobles 84. That's 84 uh, at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-N-O-B as in Bob L-E-S 84 at gmail.com. See, and I wanted you to say it because I didn't want to spell your whole, the whole thing. <laughs> like I'm lazy today, so I didn't want to spell the whole thing. So yeah, I, I hope to have you say that. I didn't say it. Okay, well, I mean, it's the truth. I'm gonna be accountable to that. I'm lazy to that. We're gonna have Aaron back again. Uh, we're gonna talk about different topics too with Aaron. Please check out his podcast. His podcast is very informative. He has great guests. They talk about several different things, and then we're gonna go from there. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a good community where we can talk about things um, and we can help each other. So I look forward to talking to you again.